Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Howdy, y'all. We're in Texas. Howdy, y'all. We're in Texas. <laughs> you know what I just realized? I was looking at a Descript for the pod. Yeah. So with podcasts, you can get them transcribed, and a Descript is basically like the transcription of the show. And I was looking at a few of them, and we always have gossip tea right before we start recording. And we just had some tea shared, and I was oh, just totally. realizing how much like real juice comes before we press record and record oh yeah and then we redline the shit out of that yeah and we say we are perfect angels that love everybody (laughs) we love mary will always like dm me and be like do you want this included i'm like absolutely Absolutely not not. cut 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 keep it clean i say start with hello and welcome yes even there was a part where we had an interview recently we did with Mel Robbins. Yeah. And there was a part where I had to restate my question because I asked a question. I had to restate it because it wasn't clear. And I was annoyed that she kept that in. <laughs> I was like, cut that out. I'm going to give the feedback. Marielle, you're listening. <laughs> I don't know, but it maybe, but then some people could listen and think it's more authentic. I agree. I don't think it makes you look bad because we've had that happen before. I've had that happen to me a handful of times. And... It actually helps. I don't know. It it does kind of build on the conversation where either I was clear and the person just needs to hear it in another way, or I definitely wasn't clear. And I think for mine, a coach that we work with actually listened to the episode because they had thoughts on it. They wanted to share with me. And they were saying that it was almost like I was giving my power away. And I know this. I've heard this from my guides that I was asking a question I wanted to answer. And that's a nuance of interviewing that you don't think about it. So basically what happened was I was asking her a question that I wanted to talk about or answer, Mm -hmm. which is a terrible way to be an interviewer. It's not terrible, but it's just not how I want to be. Exactly. Like just (laughs) to find a way to talk about what you want to talk about, not walk people down a path to talk about something. Like, you know, leading questions. Exactly. A leading question where I was like, well, I have something to say about that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people would do that more often than A hundred percent. Where they're like, so have you ever, like, have you ever gone to Austin, Texas? And like, I'm like, have you ever done a darkness retreat? (laughs) (laughs) Just knowing that like five people in the world have done them. (laughs) Have you ever been named Krista Williams? (laughs) I'm loving the Austin vibe. We're meeting in the middle. So Chris is in LA. I'm in New York. And it's been nice to like touch down. It's not a new place to us. We've been here many times before, but there's a, you called it that earth energy. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely... A vibe that I appreciate. Also, the newness, I think, is nice to come into and record in and just be creative in and just play around in. Just like any relationship, you have to make time. You have to bring in the butt plugs. You have to bring in the butt plugs. You have to make time. You have to spice it up. Travel's good. Mm -hmm. Going to new locations is good. Yes. And I was thinking about it. LA feels like air energy. Mm. Austin is earth and New York is fire. I have a lot of air in my chart, so LA is sometimes hard for me. Oh, yeah. You're in space. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm water girl. Yeah. Actually, I have a lot of earth in my chart. I have a lot of Capricorn. Uh-huh. I'm pretty much the perfect balance is yeah. what a lot of people yeah. have said. <laughs> <laughs> so the air is kind of nice for me, but it 
I definitely feel like I'm out to lunch a lot in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So being in Austin feels really good. I went to like a little gathering event with our friend Courtney Swan. You guys know her as Real Foodology. And I was just like happy because I was like, ah, oh, this is some nice wholesome, humble, yet confident male energy we got yeah, going baby. on here. Yes. Which I feel like is, nice. I mean, I'm blanket statement because I know it's not everyone, but I was like, oh, this is really, really nice. I feel like New York has a vibe. LA has a certainly a vibe with the male species. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is different here. I get oh, it. Yeah. It's way better or it feels good. Even my Uber driver was 75 year old man. He was amazing. He was goofy and fun totally, and cool. And yeah, there is an energy here that the masculine has that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I wouldn't know anything, but people have told me. <laughs> you're able to be in your feminine more here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Did you notice? You- I was practicing really hard. I don't feel like you're like pushing it, but I feel like in general over the past six months Mm -hmm. definitely notice there's like a softness there's not as much of the the control of the masculine or the structure of the masculine and there's whether it's with the travel or just like letting things flow a bit more and then also the literal like aesthetic feminine Mm -hmm. for sure the boobs the hair i'm working on it y'all i'm excited about this conversation with shervin so Shervine came to the house and we got to record and it was because we're redoing the studio and it was a portal, man. We just went in. I we mean, went there and above and and all over. What we, was the craziest thing? Aramon, which is Rudolf Steiner. So there's this philosopher named Rudolf Steiner who's mm-hmm. incredibly prolific. He was the one who brought through Montessori schools and then just a way of being with children that's more like letting the children lead. He's a really beautiful teacher for cool. the way he is with children. But he also was very much about consciousness and the occult and energy and had written millions of pages of text. But he had a prediction in, I think, the 1900s that basically at this time there would be a negative energy that would come to Earth called Aramon. And Aramon would basically be AI. And AI would essentially take over and we'd almost like succumb to the energy of Aramon and AI. I know it's very interesting. I've been thinking about that because right now there's something in the messaging and like the zeitgeist as AI becomes more common, the chat GPT, et cetera, where there are people that are probably, I'm actually realizing in real time, probably investors (laughs) like a, oh my God, motivational speaker, short guy, creates a ton of content every single day. Gary V. Thank you. Yes. Gary V. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. I got you, fan. We just won charades. And he was saying, why would you not use chat GPT for everything? And he gave an example and he did this whole like presentation of how you can use it. I'm like, dude, it's so interesting because it convinced me a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going yeah. to be a helpful tool for some things in my everyday life, whether it's like writing a caption or something, whatever. And I was like, wait a second. What is this narrative Mm -hmm. that's going to get everyone on board? And before we know it, it's going to be, like you said, controlling or writing everything. Yeah. I have a few friends that use ChatGPT to write their newsletters. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, but we have a person. So if we have ChatGPT doing that, then we won't need that person to do it. It's like I struggle because there is the 
conversation where it's like it gives humans more space and time to do more creative pursuits and more creative work. And I'm like, yeah, that could probably happen in a hundred years, but there would be a period in time where the people that are doing the chat GPT related work would not have a career. Exactly. Again, this is my whole thing. Why are we doing chat GPT when we need to figure out recycling? That's the why are we figuring then we need to figure out a way to not destroy the rainforest. Yeah. There's so much that we could be using technology for. And that's probably the energy of Araman, if we think about that, where it's an energy that's just for material. It's mm-hmm. like very material. It's not actually technology for the benefit of the planet. Yes. And that's when we talk about for getting way out there, there's the belief that from a galactic perspective that a lot of the technologies have been taken away from humans on Earth that would really help us. So if you think about free energy, a lot of Tesla's work, there's actually a lot of technology that probably has been hidden from us to prevent us from progressing in a way that would really move us forward to more live conscious better. Way. Yeah, more conscious way. And I also feel like whatever this agenda or energy is like such a... Mm, they don't look back. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not looking back at the people who do need help, whether it's like... Yeah solving the homeless problem or the prison system or like you said recycling it's like yeah the there's just system. this Come like on. insane forward movement yes. that's like kind of savage yes there's not this like looking around being like is everyone okay yeah. you on board yes. you on the bus yeah it's like no we're moving forward and yep. if you're not we're going on, to mars you are going to suffer yeah actually we're going to mars and you can stay in prison and yeah and suffer so when we talk about Arman, it's from the book the incarnation of Arman which was Rudolf Steiner, and it says that Arman is in Persian mythology. And Arman, Rudolf says, is that embeds human beings firmly in their physicality, thus encouraging dull materialistic attitudes and a coarse, dry intellect. So he basically talks about this like cosmic being that works with Lucifer and Christ. So like Christ is the embodiment of both in the perfect middle. And then Lucifer is like another being. Mm -hmm. You guys would have to look it up. So this is not me being like an expert at all. But I could definitely see that also too, the obsession with physicality as it relates to being on social media, that where you're like bodies, what does, it's like building people with plastic surgery, with editing, with AI. Yeah. If we think about AI as it relates to deep fakes or when they have AI people for commercials, AI people, images generated. Remember the Jay Shetty event? We went to Jay Shetty's tour. It was really beautiful for his book. Eight rules of love and they had a bunch of images on screen and the image that people clapped for the most was an ai generated image of a person I did not clap for that day i actually I'm think sure. it was kind of rigged because i don't think anybody clapped as hard i didn't clap sir you're in a suit you look like you this is your real estate license 100 percent. and everyone's like, like he's hot he I'm was like, like an mlm leader me yeah i was like this isn't <laughs> i knew it was ai i said this is fake <laughs> so in this conversation we talk about Araman, we talk and get pretty deep into spiritual concepts like that, which is really fun to explore because he's someone that is so incredibly knowledgeable. And I wanted to understand more about Rudolf Steiner. We talked about the way with children, like in the future, how we can be better about serving our children to serve our world. We talked about parasites a lot. So parasites from the health perspective, parasites from a cultural societal perspective where you can have parasites that can actually take over your consciousness and your being Mm. and people can be so riddled with parasites that the parasites consciousness can actually run the person wow and just take over 
And we talked a lot about some of the things that are happening in the cultural zeitgeist, like you said, that are just really interesting to explore. So I really love to dig in with Shervin. We love Symbiotica. Their products have been incredible to Lindsay and I. We bring them with us wherever we go. And we're just really grateful to be working with that brand for a really long time. Little brag and shout out. So I was taking their liposomal vitamin D K2. A lot of us are deficient in vitamin D, but I was taking this every single day, like 12 pumps, morning or night, whatever. And I got some blood work done recently and my vitamin D levels, he goes, these are the best I've seen. I was like, thank you. Because it wasn't always like that. There was it a was point at which they before. were low and it was like, <laughs> I was really like, oh God. You're like, she's is... a bitch. I was like, should I kick her <laughs> off the podcast? <laughs> but I really think it's due to the fact that not only do they taste good, but it's like easy for me to take. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Anyway, I love their stuff. Yeah. Well, Symbiotica, their products are so powerful because a lot of them are liposomal delivery. Yeah. So that basically means by giving you the nutrition or the vitamin or the nutrient with a fat soluble something in fat, your body's able to metabolize it much differently and absorb the nutrients much differently. So when we take a lot of supplements, our body can't absorb a lot of the nutrients that we have. So putting it in that liposomal delivery when it's super delicious, it's like a creamy type of goo is just really, really nice. So their magnesium is incredible. Their vitamin D is incredible. Their super greens are really, really good. I've actually been loving their creatine. So creatine, y'all, creatine for women. My booty is looking bigger than ever (laughs) because of creatine. And I've been doing it just after I lift or work out. So maybe like three or four times a week. But all my fitness girlies and all my friends have been taking creatine. It's really good for your brain, really good for your muscle health, really good for recovery. Um, So I'm kind of exploring creatine. And I'm so glad that Symbiotica has that. Amazing. The code is almost 30, by the way, symbiotica.com. And thank you to Shervine for joining Krista. Enjoy this one, babies. You can find Shervine on Instagram. It's C-H-E-R-V-I-N-333. And he is the founder and chief scientific officer of Symbiotica, which is a really incredible brand that seeks to support people in a really healthy, holistic way. Again, almost 30 code for anything on their site. I highly suggest you bundle. If you bundle, you get a greater discount. So get everything you need. Enjoy this one. Thank you for listening to Almost 30. We really appreciate and love you. It's something that we do each week out of the goodness and passion of our hearts. And we're so grateful to have a community like you so we can do what we do. The best. All right. We'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Bye. I am juggling quite a bit lately. (laughs) I have a new baby, um, six months in and, uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And, um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets. 
whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3-inate. It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood-brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste amazing unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, It's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, And we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. What's the one thing you've learned about being in a long-term relationship? that you can actually love one person, give them that level of love and not have to spread it around to a hundred women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Especially as a masculine man. Yeah. That's a deep learning. Yeah. It's my greatest challenge in this life, I would say, dealing with the feminine. Mm. Started with my mom and matriculated through relationships, but she's been my greatest teacher in that process. I'm still learning. Yeah. What was most challenging for you about the feminine? What was the feeling? Trusting the feminine. Trusting that the feminine was truly my safe place because my childhood was reversed. My father was my safe place. And so I had that connection to the masculine, which is why I always surrounded myself with brothers and all that stuff. And so my dad carried the feminine and masculine energy and he was honoring me for me, not for what I accomplished or what I had to prove to them. Where my mom was, she was the fire. She's like, you got to be the best at this. You got to be the top of your class, best athlete, best looking, best this, best that. She'd use love to anchor that in for me. If I wasn't doing what she wanted, she'd pull the love out. Yeah, conditionality of love. Uh Mm -hmm. I couldn't trust the feminine for a long time. And it just, it came out through me just not giving them a chance to come into my heart. Yeah. And that showed itself through not being able to commit in relationships, misdirection, lying, all the things that I didn't really have a conscious for because I didn't think it was hurting anyone. It's it's a trip. Yeah. Through the work, through the medicine work and understanding also what my mom was experiencing back then before I even knew the trauma that had laid upon her before I was even born. I'm able to now do like a audit of my soul right and see the unfolding and a lot of things have been coming out especially over the last like six months yeah actually that's yeah. beautiful that's it's been amazing and it's wild too because if you think about you and your success and all the work that you do and all the knowledge that you have you have so much knowledge and information but it's like if we think about the true actual what is hard work it's that. it's like oh how can i come back to love Like, how can I actually open my heart? How can I actually be with one person when that feels like the hardest thing? And I think it's so powerful that you're sharing that because I think so many men look up to you, so many women look up to you, but it's people looking up to you being like, okay, share this information with me, share this knowledge, but it's like actually coming back to trust of the feminine every day is like the hardest thing for me. I feel you. That's very well said. Yeah. Yeah, that resonates deep. That is the hardest work I could jump in a cold plunge or yeah i can fast for a week or i can go do some crazy expedition but that's cakewalk yep compared to fully allowing myself to fall in love and be in love and to trust that my love is real yeah and that it's not conditional it's not conditional it's, and it's not based on something that i yeah have to do externally and it's funny it's so beautiful too because it's like thank god for your mom because without her you wouldn't have all of the things that were so painful. The shadow side of it is the pain, thinking you're not going to be loved for who you are. But then the light side of it is look at the life that you've built because of it. Absolutely. Again, another great point. Never a victim. Yes. And I never felt at all like I was in some kind of internal scarcity or lack consciousness because of that. Almost it was just, I just moved on from it. But at the end of the day, I reflect on the beauty of the experience of having my father organically step into that role. Yeah. I always I wonder, and this is all this is coming up just from the conversation. I wonder if karmically that was my dad's role, or it was a combination that where he epigenetically had to morph into that 
mm-hmm. because of the circumstance. Yeah, right. And maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And so then there's no, if that's the case, there's no guilt or there's no anger or resentment. It just is. Yeah. And it's just part of the story. And I, I think that's really important if you're listening to this that, you know, whatever's happened to you, it, it might have been extremely traumatic and worst ever. But at the end of the day, it's part of your journey. Yeah. And it might be cliche to say it, but it, it's medicine. But you really have to also take ownership of the experience. That's really what it is, is. How are we defining the experience and moving from the experience and growing from it if we're not taking some accountability to it? I know that's a harsh thing to say, but I take accountability that I chose my family. Yeah. I know that sounds ridiculous. Well, I Hopefully that's not the harshest thing we say because that's very, <laughs> hopefully, I want to get harsher because that's very light. Like being a self-author of your life is incredibly important. Talk about stepping into your power. Yeah. If there's even a percentage of victim of the experience you had as a child through the trauma that you couldn't control, if you take ownership that I chose that path, that that was on me, that was I was supposed to go through that, I accept it fully, then you're you can handle most shit in this life. Yeah. That's the master magician. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's the alchemy. It's the alchemical yeah. experience of that process. And I think it's so beautiful for you too, especially just like as a leader in your space and someone that so many people look up to in a very specific way. It's like Yes, you can follow me for this information, but also like I will go to the depths of my heart and my soul of what's hardest. And I will also show men how to trust or love a woman or be able to feel like they're worthy of unconditional love. That's huge. Greatest gift. Greatest gift. We're really here to embody the experience. Yeah. And not intellectualize everything. Preach. That's the aramonic energy, by the way. That's the material. That's the intellectualism, scientism, all of these things, which has a place. But it's the embodiment that really gets us out of whatever hole we're in or whatever this whole disaster is, this 21st century Gregorian calendar craziness. We have to embody these traits for ourselves first, for the self-love. Okay, I'm worth it. Like, I'm worth taking time out of my day, taking time. Look at that word magic. I'm taking time out. No, I'm taking time in to go inwards because I'm worth getting through a lot of the shadow that's just sitting there and not working for me. It's not even like some shadow is great. We've got to work with our shadow. That's where some of our gifts lie. But if we're not taking the time to resolve stuff that just keeps rearing its head, and causing issues and relationship disasters, and we're jumping from one click to the next click, this job to that job, this relation to this relation, this diet to this diet, escapism, escapism, escapism. That means at the end of the day, we're not practicing self-love. That means we're telling ourselves that we're not worth it. That's it. That kept coming to me over the last like year is that, wait a second, I can preach all this stuff. I can talk about all these. I can get into like detailed occult science and talk about the Philosopher's Stone and as within, so as above, so below, below, as within, all of these (laughs) things, whatever, Hermes Trismegistus, and get into all the hermetic codes and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if I'm not embodying this and practicing, it's all for nothing. And it's just another form of materialism. Yeah. And maybe even worse. That's the how to be radical now, is not knowing the thing, it's embodying the thing. Because with social media, that's where I've kind of been so cautious and turned off is like everyone's saying the things and using the words and in their mind with everything but very few people are embodying 
the work. I think about this a lot with maybe a post that I would do or you do, and you have a teaching on it. This is a lifelong teaching. If you get this one fucking post in this lifetime, you're doing pretty fucking good. And we just constantly more and more stay in the mind with it. And it just keeps us from like a true embodiment. So for people listening, I guess, what does it feel like to be embodied? Like how can they know or understand when they're actually embodying something rather than when they're just in the mind with it? <laughs> you're crushing it. I love what you're, how you're looking at things and deciphering it. You're right, like chop wood, carry water, become enlightened. The next day you chop wood and carry water. That's why a lot of the same message, they're, they're a little bit different, but at their root, they're all similar, right? There's a root truth to it right? Core discernment, like, whoa, what a concept. Learn, be strategic, understand, then make a decision. Why enter, not under? I want to bring it in. I don't want to put it below me. Okay. So it's, again, like, it might sound airy-fairy or some kind of deliverable word magic, but for me, words are important. It defines you. I can tell my conviction is stronger when I'm very, very close to what is coming out of me especially on the nuances of my lexicon. It's like I'm, I'm actually care about what I'm saying as opposed to just unconsciously just throwing clutter out there. I'd rather talk less and hear more than just throw out words. And so sometimes I strategically think about the words that are coming out of my mouth. But back to your question, how do you know that you're in embodiment? Unless you're schizophrenic and you have some, you're loaded with parasites maybe, and there's a million different things communicating in your central nervous system, telling you this, telling you that. At the end of the day, you know if you're embodiment. You, your soul knows. Because if you're not, then you're probably escaping a little bit. And you have a tendency to run away from things and have coping mechanisms that are not healthy. We all need to find coping mechanisms. My coping mechanism, I think I might have said it before, is I like to watch Laker games. Fuck yeah. yeah. I didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to be like, mine is a long morning routine. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, mine is fasting. Yeah. Laker game. I love it. No, that's hard work. I know. That's discipline. And I know it's hard work to go into 45 minute silent meditations and to fast for a week and to do all these different cleansings and to shut 10 day Vipassana, whatever the hell it is, mm -hmm. smoking 5-MeO-DMT, going into the death realm. That's not easy. That It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be stressful. Yeah. It's hormesis. That which does not kill you makes you stronger. But it's regulated and it's functionable because you're not doing it every two minutes. That's like the same thing with your immune system. You don't want your immune system to be going off all the time, dysregulated. That's how chronic infections and disease and pathologies start to begin. You want an active inflammation system that heals you and then shuts off. So it's the same thing with your strategy in life. I like to focus on my everyday life in the presence deeply. I don't like to get outside of myself and think about what I have to take care of tomorrow. That's a trap. At the same time, we are in a material world. Like we have checks that we got to balance. We have insurances. There's something called the IRS. We're in this material matrix. It's a complete utter disaster upon epic proportions. But we signed up for it. We're in this time era. Unless you're ready to like extradite yourself completely out of the system, you're going to have to say, I'm part of this right now. So I better kick ass so it doesn't cause me problems down the line. So there's a balance of finding and being organized and not being so, you know, dysregulated with the stress of it all. 
And that's, again, that's finding that balance in between the polarities. And that's, again, that's another Steiner perspective that helped me navigate my life and know that, hey, you know what? I'm not so good at this. I need to bring someone in that's, that this is what they're good at, right? Where I don't have to like do everything myself and I can lean on on people that th- this is their what they excel in and this is their strategy in human design or whatever, their gene key makeups. And that's why these things are so important. The more that we can investigate who we are, what makes us tick, how we respond to stress, yeah. the more of a ninja we become and the more we can flow with life and create ease and grace as opposed to running and having a collision every two minutes. And that can, comes in the form of how we handle people yeah. on the street, nonviolent communication, and just letting things go. I did a post, I don't know if you saw it, I was like, you know, I, and I was just being honest, I could be in the middle of Peru with the Shipibo tribe for a year straight, doing all the medicine, dying rebirth, dying rebirth, resurrection, all, all this stuff. And then you just put me back in LA traffic. I'm ready, I saw that I'm one. ready to brawl somebody on the spot. <laughs> I love that. I was like, okay. Yeah. I, just, I see you, brother. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was a nice touch. I was like, thank you for this. <laughs> thank you for this. I, I feel you. You feel me, right? Like There's something if I'm like getting off my clothes and like something gets caught and I can't get it or like a button spot, I go ape. Like you want to rip it I off? I literally get like, or if I lose something around in like a drawer and I'll just like fucking flip out. Right. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It's obviously rooted in something, yeah. right? There's tentacles that go back into something that you've yeah. experienced or it, it relates to another facet of your life yeah. that there's something there. And again, that's something to investigate. So I've been present now. Like I'm, I'm just really working on like, like today, like probably five or six people were just driving like idiots next to me and cutting me off and jumping in front of me and doing all kinds of weird stuff and 10 years ago i'd be jumping out of the car ready to brawl someone on the street and now i'm just kind of like you know i love you yeah like i have no idea what's going on in your life yeah i have no idea what you've gone through yeah so it's just it's having that frequency and another thing i want to talk to you about is being organized Mm. i think this is this is it we got to get organized yeah the the clutter Physically, clutter, mentally, it's a disaster. 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 I see it in my own, like like sometimes my it, bathroom gets all cluttered. I mean, that affects your what mental health, your physical health. It raises your cortisol level. It affects your, like this is what's happening is our brain and minds are processing everything subconsciously. And we don't think we're processing it consciously, but you actually are. And when you have so much, you're unable to see what actually is of value to you. Because you can't crystallize your values because you have so much going on. And this is the bathroom is a the same example as the spiritual teachings, the spiritual tools, the knowledge, the information, the supplements, the fucking everything is just so much that we're in a phase where we need to like distill. Hallelujah. That was well said. I completely agree. Every, I don't even have to speak on it because you hit it right out. But of organization's part. huge. It's But something on that I actually... Because the organization, I think of the masculine and that structure. And when you're talking about the practices that you've done, like the ice baths and the Vipassanas and all these things, I have no perspective on this. So I'm curious of yours. Do you feel like a lot of those practices are more of the masculine? And do you recommend the same type of process for the feminine? I do. Absolutely the same thing. A certain fasting is a little bit different for men than women. But no, for it all, they all have masculine and feminine qualities. The masculine energy might be the quality that's going to drive you to do it. The feminine is going to keep you in it. 
right? Because it's the surrender. That's a feminine quality to surrender. Right? We're, we'll, we'll fight to the death. But also the feminine will also create an incubator for forever as well. So I think the polarities are jumping in and out of each other on the actual individual energetically, meaning you can, I can be feminine and I can be masculine all at the same time. It's not one or the other, it's a balance. And that's really another thing of just finding your divinity between the Trinity. Yeah. This dualistic perspective serves nothing. Yeah. But we can't define our flow state by that. But we can know our archetypes and we can know when it's time to rev up the engine in one direction and maybe lower it in the other. And also in my relationships, I know I, I see people and I don't have to run over them like a truck. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's a little bit different. There's people in my organization for Symbotica, for example, that I can't drive them to the ground. Yeah. They can't respond with their talents and their ability. And there's certain people that that's the only way that's going to get them going. Yeah. It reminds me of like, I remember Kobe Bryant was talking about this and uh, I grew up playing basketball and Kobe was like my Jordan, but he was like, I finally learned how to be a good teammate. And they asked him and they said, well, there's couple of my guys, like Pau Gasol, for example, I had to really communicate with him and be kind of gentle. He was a Spaniard, didn't really understand the league that much, and was all of a sudden in LA in front of in the Lakers, the most popular team. And he was rattled a little bit. And if I kept trying to rattle him, he'd break. And he wouldn't show up and be clutch with me when I needed him. But by communicating and being gentle with him, making things light, I was able to get the best out of him and turn him into a all-pro, all-star, Hall of Famer and win championships. And then there's other players that you can't be nice to. They need fierce toughness because that's just their pedigree. And so that's that's another way of looking at yourself too, of how you communicate with yourself. We all have our own dynamics and our own experiences. It's time to investigate and get very surgical with who we are if we want to get out of whatever system we're in right now. That's the question. And a lot of the reasons why we're in the system is because of the parasite. <laughs> That's so, a good segue. Thank you very much. That's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk about this because I don't think we've talked about this with anybody. Yeah. And I think, oh, you're just the perfect person because you know all the layers of it. Yeah. And someone else might just be like, you've got parasites and this is what they're doing to your body, but not be like, let's go above, 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 above. Let's start from the health perspective. When we think about parasites, what are parasites doing to the body? What are parasites in the body? Some parasites are communal, which would mean that they're they're there for a reason and they're creating balance in the body. They're doing things that help the body achieve homeostasis and they're regulatory per our digestive tract and, and how our body functions in absorption and elimination of food and other things. A lot of parasites are not communal and they are parasitic and they rob us of things that keep us in homeostasis. And they wipe out certain compounds in the body, which ultimately leads towards devastation. And they eat up parts of the body that cause ultimate devastation. And they control parts of our conscious, which cause devastation. So... My whole thing with parasites is I always knew about parasites. I learned about parasites when I was probably about 12, 13. It first started with roundworms and then tapeworms and then liver flukes and then Girardia. What's Girardia? Girardia is, is a 
bacteria, parasitic infection. My eyes twitching, which means I think I have parasites in their piss we're talking about. <laughs> well, everybody has parasites. Okay, okay. Yeah. The difference is some are completely taken over by parasites. Yeah. The load factor. So we got to look at parasites as a load. It's just too much of a load for the body. And when that happens, all of a sudden, it doesn't start with all the parasite symptoms. It starts with you have a runny nose. You have itchy skin. You have a cough that doesn't go away. You're constantly getting sore throats. That could be parasitic infections. Parasites are lowering our immune response because they dysregulate it. That's what co-infections are. That's what Lyme, and then you have Epstein-Barr, and then you have all these different things. It's basically towing the line so thin that you have so many open fronts, and now you're at war, not with... So if you want to win a war, the best way to win a war is to draw a line and know exactly where your target is and not allowing it to penetrate and knowing where to drop your bombs and to ar armor up. If there's two fronts, now you're at 50-50. If there's three, do you get, what I'm, you get where I'm going with this? So co-infections and having all these different layers opens up all these different fronts. Yeah. They attack mm -hmm. differently. They cause dysregulation of the immune system, basically an unharmonic frequency in the body. We're electrical. And that's why when people have these devastating outbreaks, it's because their central nervous system has just hit maximum stress load. The cortisol spiked, adrenaline spiked. They're constantly in sympathetic, which is fight, flight, freeze, fight, fly, to hide. And the body's immune system starts to cave in. And then that's when they start picking up all these autoimmune diseases. Autoimmune eventually leads to heart disease, cancer, metabolic diseases, things of that nature. They don't just randomly appear. And so parasitic infections, if left untouched and unaware, will devastate you and cause a, a laundry list of problems that are so gnarly and so depressing to think about what people go through. Yeah. And I've studied these infections and I've looked at them very heavily. Like one of them in particular is called Toxoplasma gondii. Have you heard of that? No. So they say about 60% of the country has it. It's the cat parasite you get from cats. It's a parasite that makes its way into the body and then eventually makes its way into your brain. Once it's in the body, it's called toxoplasmosis. And this parasite is so intelligent. Keep in mind, parasites have been evolving for as yeah. long as this world has been here. Yeah. They're intelligent. Yeah. They know how to survive. They know how to build and burrow into the body, into the parts of the body that get no white blood cells. They know how to create biofilms and go under the biofilms so they can just feed and wreak havoc on the body. Super intelligent. They send signals to the nervous system, to different parts of the impulse control, to release ghrelin hormone or hunger hormone that starve you of glucose. So you're just craving sugar and craving sweets and all kinds of stuff. This then leads to depression, highs and lows, irregular heartbeat, muscle twitching, brittle hair, dry skin, psoriasis, unregulated sleep cycles. It's like all of these happen are happening all at once. This is how these devastation things happen. So the cat parasite, it's so crazy. So the rat gets it. Mm. It programs the rat to chase the cat. 
Wow. So the cat eats the rat and goes back into the host. Just, yeah. think, just think about that oh, for a yeah. second. Mm-hmm. That's making people promiscuous, yeah. doing risky behavior. That's a fact. This isn't, you know, some sci-fi movie. Yep. This is a real deal. Yeah. That's what I think about sometimes with parasites like to go. It's like with someone when you see them kind of being out to lunch or like a little off, you're like, is it an entity? Is it a parasite? Like they kind of are both. But sometimes you can see someone and you're like, oh, something is in them. And that is not a human Yep. that is operating that ship. Totally. And whether it's a parasite or not, but there, I guess I wanted to talk about that. There's a lot of research around, and in the Amazon too, there's also research around like parasites in the Amazon that can basically take over complete animals and then run the animals' brains and minds. Do you know about those? No, absolutely. Toxoplasmosis is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it governs your CPU and your control center, control center and your desires your survival needs, your energy towards others, you actually start becoming a parasite. Just think about that. Like you're embodying what you are within, right? And parasitic by nature has to feed off a host, right? How many people are out there unbeknownst to them? It's in their subconscious that they're operating as a vampire. Yeah. That's like energy vampires and people that are... They they don't even know it though, right? Like that's their operating system. Yeah. To think about, when we think about a parasite, I guess, just for the visual, I always think about like a tick inside of our body, but like on a very small level. Is there something that they look like or do they all look different? What is the visual that people should be having? They all look different. I mean, hookworms, tapeworms, ringworms, some of these things could be four feet long. I've seen it. I've seen it come out of people's butts. My dad got one in Russia when he was young. Wow. I know. He lost like 30 pounds in a month. Yeah, because it's eating his nutrient supply and, and eating up everything. If someone can't gain weight, very likely they have a parasite, no matter what kind of food they put in their body. If their eyes are yellow and all of these things, those are signs that the liver is under stress because of a parasite, gallbladder is under stress, recirculating the feces from the parasites. That's another thing. Parasites are pooping in your body, which is, I mean... In where? Like your... In your bloodstream, in your tissues. Whoa. Yeah. They, and it's ammonia, right? So it's like, parasites are nitrogen breathing. They need nitrogen where mammalian cells are oxygen breathing. We're oxygen breathing. So they're nitrogen breathing. They're also feeding off glucose and they're feeding off protein. So they're actually like protein sinks in the body. They just eat up protein in your body. That's why a lot of information out there is coming out on a couple of things like multiple sclerosis, right? right? There is some information that MS is parasitic. It's eating up the myelin sheath. The myelin sheath is the jelly around the nerves. And that's what's happening. That's what's pushing people towards MS, possibly. That along with probably artificial sweeteners and heavy metals. All these things, they're all part of the same toxic soup. They're a parasite in these infections. They love to live in toxic bodies. Yeah. Toxic bodies is heaven for them. They're thriving on them. They eat up all the cadmium and lead and all that kind of stuff in the body, the mercury. They love this poison in the body. It just goes hand in hand. And so for me, it's not about eradication. You can We cannot remove everything, but we can take the load off. And that's what we want to do. And we want to understand how this works. We also understand like, how can we be contracting parasites? Like, Where do they show up in our world? Yeah. They show up, number one, from an immune system that's already down. 
So if your immune system's down, for example, your gut microbiome is not working properly, you're not producing the right enough hydrochloric acid, then your first line of defense, which is your mouth and your gut, is already been broken away. So that's a dangerous game right there. That's why it's really important that our the acids in our stomach are strong, right? We can't be drinking electrolyzed alkaline water all day long. That's nuking the balance, the pH of our gut. That's Essentia water. Is that a bottled water? That's a bottled water that's like reverse osmosis, pH 9. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I love the idea of alkalinity, but that should be through our foods, our greens, mineralization, and perhaps spring water. But electrolyzed dead water and constantly drinking it, you could be causing dysbiosis in your gut. Right. We don't want that. Your oral health. Your oral health is the gateway. So if you're got if your mouth is filled with infections and cavitations, dude, check this out. They've done cavitation surgeries. This is common now. And in the infection is Lyme. Disease? It, oh yeah. Spir- spirochetes. In the infection. Staph in the infection. Huh. H. pylori, helicobacter, gram negative bacteria that is in is in the cavitation under the wisdom tooth or wherever in the mouth. The oral health, this is the root cause. This is it. It's really important to to grab hold of and make sure that area is thriving. The these bacterial infections, they get into the gut and they cause alkalosis in the tight junctions. You familiar with our tight junctions? No. This is how our gut gut works. It's the micronized cellular structures that the that food eventually passes through. It's the how permeable certain things are. These infections get in there and they expand those tight junctions, and then all of a sudden you're getting undigested food hitting your bloodstream. Then your body has an like autoimmune reaction, leaky gut. Okay. And the leaky gut turns into just about every autoimmune you can imagine. Yeah. And what the hell is autoimmune? Autoimmune. What a stupid name. It's almost like I was thinking about the pharmaceuticals where it's called like antidepressant. Yeah, it's so... They're called like antis. And it's like to make sure to add in the... Yeah. It's terrible. It doesn't give you any insight. Yeah. It's worse than allopathic. It's like we're going to hide 99% of the root and just heal that tip briefly. Yeah. And 10 million other things might happen with it. That's the, that's the problem with modern healthcare today is that we're really not addressing the root cause and getting into that. I've talked about this ad nauseum, so is everybody else out there. So this isn't anything new. It's just, we got to get awareness of how this body works yeah. and the functions of that body. And so oral health, hydration, and just not putting things in our body that could cause infections. Like maybe we shouldn't be eating sushi three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I've been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I am a better daughter and sister. 
Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. So where are parasites coming from? What are, and is there a thing where if you're more, if you live in a city or like in certain areas, are parasites more likely to be? What's that? We now know, no, like you don't have to be like traveling to India or on the streets of some third world country to contract parasites. If sanitation is completely a disaster in a given area, then you're obviously going to pick up something for sure. But you can pick up parasites everywhere. We're not, the Western world is not immune to this. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're on, they're in food. They're in I the, would even think they'd be like smarter here. Yeah. Cause they have to work harder. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. There's probably truth to that. They're in the water supply. They're in your food. They're in, the, they're in the park. They're in all the animals, like wild animals. Like your cat goes outside. God knows like what it's interacting with, what it's yeah. eating, what it's licking. All, My all cats that stuff. used to go in the sewers when I was in Ohio. We'd like see our cat come inside after like being in the sewer all night. We're like, all right, welcome home. <laughs> We've all whatever the it. fuck you were doing. Whatever you were doing, whatever you were eating. <laughs> we all heard of the crazy cat lady, right? Wow. Right? The folklore is real. It's real. Wow. And it's parasites could, like I said, they can be in, in those forms. They can all, they're also microscopic. There's also, there's ticks, yeah. right? We know about Lyme and the Babesia. Those are spirochetes. Why do they call them a spirochete? Because they spiral in their shape. They're, it's like a corkscrew. Yeah. And they get into your brain. They get into your organs and things like that. They embed everywhere. They eat up your cartilage in your body. It's insanity. Again, this isn't supposed to be a horror movie, but this stuff's real. And so what do we do about it? We got to mitigate it. We got to get ourselves healthy. We got to make sure our lymph system's working. Our kidneys are working. Our liver is working. We got to take the burden off the body so the body Because the goal is to have itself. a healthy enough body that has a healthy enough immune system to confront these instead of avoiding them. Boom. There it is. Okay. That's it. Like, of course, like I'm not going to go into a public bathroom at the airport and touch everything. Okay. It's just not going to happen because I have common sense and those are cesspools yeah. of bacteria's infections. It's probably, to, it's gnarly. At the same time, I'm not going to live scared. So I'm going to bolster my body's ability to adapt to these stresses while using discernment on my everyday actions. And parasites and these infections are also transmitted sexually. So you're kissing someone like, like who who just goes out and kisses people? I like, mean, that's a thing now. I or that was a thing. And I it's still cannot. A thing. I literally was walking with my friend the other day. I'm like, how do you like kiss someone that you just met? Barf, like barf, barf. Because then you go in, you're like, ah, oh my god, <laughs> so gross. That's why I was like, wait, I understand why before I'd have to be drunk or like tipsy. Because then you're like, all right, well, let's see what happens. But I'm like, now, like being completely sober, you're like going to come in and be like, 
Think about it though. When you're drunk, it's you're feeding the parasites. Oh my God! Did they love alcohol? They love alcohol. Why? Because it's a simple sugar. Just think about that. And so then the parasite wants to jump to other hosts. Think about that. The parasite wants to burrow a home and wants to join forces with someone else and find other homes. That's a parasite. That's in their. That's in their protein or their cytoplasm or their DNA structure or whatever. You could test it through a polymerase test or something. That's what they want to do. And so all these things like this sexual behaviors and not knowing who your partners are and kissing five people at Coachella or whatever the hell you're doing, you just brought the whole world in your mouth. And most people's immune system is not prepared to handle all that. And all of a sudden now they have a sore throat and they're like, oh, I got sick from someone. I got catch a cold. What, what do you? What is? What does that even mean? What does a sore throat mean? A sore throat means an infection was passed on to you. Just think about how crazy that is. We're so used to the nomenclature of the flu, the flu season, and this thing. What are we talking about? You know those people that are always like sick. Oh, yeah. I have friends that like. I remember they're like they're sick like every two, three months. Uh-huh. And I've never been sick. They're sick every I'm two like, th- get it together. Yeah. Actually, my biggest flex in life is I've never gotten COVID. I don't think I ever got it either. What's up, brother? I've never, I've never tested for it, so. That's right. Yeah, I've never. I've tested and I've fucking never had it, baby. <laughs> I love that. And I'm like, that's what's up. That's yeah, what's up. The kissing thing, I can't. It's just there's a level of intimacy, too, where you're like, you're that close into my space. But with the parasites, so they are looking for hosts they're looking to spread and this is something that we've had throughout human history correct yes this is part of our whatever the way we evolved it's it's almost a karma too steiner explains parasites as a karma if you pick up parasites energetically you're picking up an old karma that you have not figured out wow like we can go deep on that yeah it's the mechanisms of parasites that have the karma to them like how the parasite behaves in the body and how it cycles through you and the life cycle of it is it is considered a it's a karma because it's a cause and causation of an action or a behavior that caused this or a lack of behavior you get what i'm saying it's like layers we can it's like inception it's a dream and then within a dream and then within a dream all of these things are happening in, in in this material world but this is some kind of holographic morphogenic realm that we're in and so then you could start seeing the layers to parasitic infections and mind control and think about it like your mom passed on parasites to you for sure you know what i mean and her mom passed and her mom is it's something there it's some kind of unfolding and so we don't want to take on other people's karma yeah so be very discerning with the into me you see the intimacy be very discerning and self-love shines again that's why i did a video i don't know if you saw it where i was really speaking from my heart and i was like naive behavior is the same thing as risky behavior like feel into that you're naive or you're ignorant and you're just happy-go-lucky everything's good i just want to have some pleasure i just want to escape blah 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 that come back and bite you in the ass. And it doesn't have to be Ebola or HIV or anything like that develops into a catastrophic event. It could be something so small, so microscopic, you have no no idea. And that eventually causes a lot of problems. What am I saying? Like never have intimate partners or anything? I'm not saying that. But 
use discernment, get to know somebody, feel into their behavioral patterns, look at their level of health, look at how they're treating themselves. Because if someone's not practicing self-love and they're destroying themselves on a daily basis for the last 10, 15, 20 years, in a blink of an eye, they can take all that karma and pass it on to you. And all your hard work and everything you've been doing will be for nothing. Think how crazy that is. I think it's crazy just that you would be intimate with someone that you don't really enjoy even having a conversation with. Oh, I mean, that's a whole nother ballgame. That's oh, a whole... I mean... That's a whole nother level. And maybe that's like just being with the physical or something, but I just... It's escapism. Uh-huh. It's escape. I have to trust. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's one thing. My trauma has provided something beautiful. I have to trust. But mm. with the mind control of parasites, I want to talk a little bit about that just because I think that's been so fascinating to learn and understand about parasites. So do you think that, that there could be an opportunity or a space where they were parasites are used as like a weapon to control the masses and our minds you're asking are they weaponized yes could there be a potential that they would be sure of course anything can be a weapon the tv is a weapon right so we could be as vague as that as possible anything that that can cripple a person or a family or a town or a city or a state or a country or an earth whatever is weaponized and definitely we are in a world right now where there are groups out there that know in order for us to be able to push our agenda through to control a population, we're going to have to weaken them mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. And we're going to have to divide them up a little bit. That's an old strategy, thousands of years old, if not longer, and other parallel universes. We know that. Problem, reaction, solution. Create a problem. There's a reaction. You provide the solution to the problem you created. Hook, line, sinker. And so it would behoove us to see what the common problems are today with our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial problems are. The Federal Reserve, that's parasitic. Some of the systems in place that are controlling our financial system are parasitic. Our schools, our education system, hyper-parasitic. Are, Say more. I, know, I understand, but how? Well, it's doing the opposite of encouraging a thriving being. Yeah. It's holding a it's holding you and constricting you and eating off you yeah so good segue waldorf education and any other fundamental way of incubating children as opposed to indoctrinating you want a child at age three four five six seven when their brain's in theta which is the hertz wave that they're predominantly in around those ages which is absorbing information correct absorbing imagination recording they are recording and they're using their keen observation through that absorption cycle whether it's through the audio file through the vibration file or through the lens yeah and taste and all the senses to determine for them what this experience is who are who is someone else to try to control that Mm -hmm. and so steiner learned 
that it starts at that age. I mean, it starts in the womb from second, third trimester to age seven. The impression of a child is so magnificent and the surface area of a child so much, meaning there's mm. so many angles to absorption. And uh, we have to let that child develop the faculties of everything in life on their own accord. Yeah. That's what creates pure love and empathy and the main thing, intuition. Sovereignty. So if we're not creating intuitive beings, we're creating robots and we're creating more parasites. Do you see it? And those people that are raised in a world where it's fear-based, structure-based, no ability for them to breathe into their own consciousness yeah. and develop themselves and love themselves and trust their instincts. And I was saying it earlier, like everyone's different. Like we can't parent a child the same as the other four kids. Yeah. All of them, they all have their unique souls. It's not one box fits all. Certain things can, but the dynamics of each individual is different. One might be really connected to this and one might be connected to that. But we have to let that flower before we set them up in their own growing box. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's interesting, too, if we think about like kids at school and kids growing up, like the parasite model, rather than off of their own intuition, it's like just feeding off of the host in a way where they're never satisfied. And that's the culture that we have where we're just never satisfied. Ever. Because you've lost that connection to God's source intuition, that thing that is the true satisfaction. So you just have these people that are constantly just more and more and more and then we're parasites of the earth that's exactly it it's parasitic so i guess with parasites is there like a master parasite consciousness that's yes. in control of the other ones okay yeah absolutely yeah there, there's definitely a master parasite at work here yeah that's got its tentacles in every system of thought and emotion this is a trip this is some of the most serious work we could be doing as souls is to bring this to the table, bring this light to the table so people can experience this and, and sit in this and look at their own lives and yeah. reflect and see how did I get so obtuse in my thinking? Yeah. That's parasitic where you're too analytical, you're too left brain, you're too scientific and it's not even real science, it's fake science. You've been caught up in the system, the ego, the ego, the false ego is parasitic. The false ego is operating with cognitive dissonance where I can tell you Look, here's my hand, but you won't, you can't take that. You won't believe it. And you say, no, that's not your hand because you can't see it. Yeah. No matter how much I show it to you and prove it to you, your ego won't allow it. That's parasitic. And that's developed at an early age. Yeah. It's developed by parents, parenting where you're not allowing a child to grow into their own observation. You're forcing that down. And with the school system, the system is indoctrinating you to memorize mm irrelevant stuff that is taking up bandwidth in a child who's nine years young at 7.30 a.m. Yeah. Ours was 7.15. 7.15. Crazy. When a child should probably be stretching out in the field or is still sleeping, sleeping for that matter and getting all their vital sleep, not sitting under fluorescent UV lights with an uninspired teacher who's regurgitating the same state-sponsored crap and they have to memorize stuff just so they can pass a quiz because they're under stress so they can play their sport 
or make it into some bullshit college and everyone's riding their ass. What a mind trip that whole thing is. I, I went through it and I was just like, what the hell is all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like this, and what that does is it cuts off the connection, the source for the child. Yeah, of course. And then they get withdrawn and then they get depressed. And then what do they want to do? They want to play video games. They want to go smoke weed. They want to go hang out because anything other than that would be better. Yeah. Where the whole time, if they had started at age four or five, learning how to grow a fucking garden and taking on that ownership of where food comes from and understanding all that kind of stuff, they're on a completely different pathway by the time they're 15. And I've seen it. I have family, I have cousins, I have nephews and nieces that come from two separate realms and they're completely different people. The child that has, and look, I don't mean this, I'm not judging anyone. This is discernment. This is just giving you a perspective. The child that has been given freedom Mm -hmm. to expand their consciousness, to learn through nonviolent communication, non-threats, incubated in a beautiful way, stewarded by the parent, but not forced into an area of things versus children that have grown up in the system and a part of the whole new technology system and are all caught up in all that bullshit. These two souls that, that, that are in those bodies are at a different level of maturation. Yeah. And it's obvious. I say that to my friends. I'm like, you could tell the energetic signature of the two. Yeah. Like I will see the one that's been in the system and you can see like just a dullness in the aura, a vibrancy in the aura of the child that's been then growing up in that way. And also with little boys, I think about little boys and the energy little boys have in the their feeling and their frustration and their anger and their aggression and how they're so dulled to be to have it be so wrong and be such a problem that they just turn inward. And that's where you get the video game addiction. That's where you get just them completely inverting because they can't express what's natural to their energy field in the world because the feminine, their mother is scared of it or part of culture is scared of it. Yeah, I just have this like experience where I just have so much compassion for like little boys and I look forward to fostering that like healthy energy from my son in the future. Thank you. You're speaking to my inner child. Yeah. Because you're right that the toolbox is created to be able to find ways of relating and communicating. I had a problem when I was in seventh grade. I went to Maryland's Middle School in La Jolla, very nice middle school very good school but i couldn't sit in my seat i couldn't i kept getting referrals and sent to the counselors and the bryce principal the principal they suspended me and i wasn't like trying to burn the school down i just couldn't sit in my chair and it was a problem i had that probably all throughout and it became this whole thing we are in a position right now to learn more about ourselves through the way that we cultivate children. And that is the Waldorf method. That is the biodynamic method. If you're listening to this, just find somewhere to plant a garden with your kids. I know it's a meme out there and stuff like that, but take this serious. Your child who learns how to grow a tomato, grow eggplants, grow broccoli, grow parsley, harvest fruit, really tend to the soil and understand soil science and understand some level of regenerative agriculture and what that means for everyone, including themselves, 
that's just a really powerful message to send a child. And we're in the world right now of not only are we living in artificial boxes with artificial lights and artificial temperature controls, we're not being pushed to survive at all. There's no hormetic code at all. So we're basically turning into inefficient zombies to a certain extent. But now we're not even grabbing, getting our own food. It's DoorDash or some bullshit. Yeah. Like people are st- barely get off the couch yeah. to get the food. What do you think's happening to us on a, forget our physical. We know the physical is falling apart, but just our spirit. Yeah. We're, we're not in the design right now. And that's why we have the problems we have. Araman. Yeah. Araman. Yeah. It's the convenience. It's like the modern conveniences that people just get like, mystified by and sort of like caught in the illusion of it being helpful for us you know what's interesting have you read the book the parasitic mind i think so i have that that's like parasites could be controlling your mind yeah yeah and it's like it's like gal she's a science writer there is a one like that but then there's another one of this author i'll send it to you and it's more so about the times post 2020 and how the parasitic mind of culture you're kidding me right now. I swear. It's a really, really good book. It's by Jad Godsad. Jad, it's G-A-D-S-A-A-D. A Provocative Guide to Defending Reason and Intellectual. Jad, Jad Godsad. How that's Infectious a, Ideas Are Killing Common Sense. That's an epic name. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. 1917. Dornich, yeah, it was in Dornich. Dr. Rudolf Steiner gives a lecture... He gave multiple lectures in that time span. One of them was about the spirits of darkness. And he said, he he predicted many things that have all come true, including the great American bee collapse, which is a whole nother rabbit hole to go down if you understand what bees are to this world and the consciousness they hold. But he said 100 years from now, so let's just say 2020, we are going to be in the deepest saturation of the impulse of Ahriman. So Ahriman is the Persian demon, the devil. Lucifer. Not Lucifer. Oh. Lucifer is the bearer of light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The light bearer. Ahriman is the antithesis to the Ahura Mazda, which is the Christ in the Zoroastrian faith, which is my, whatever this body, I'm, I come from that lineage. Literally, my entire lineage comes from the Zoroastrian bloodline, which is 5,000 years before Christ. And it's interesting that Steiner uses Ahriman as that entity. He actually says Ahriman will incarnate in human form in the 21st century, probably out of the West. And so I believe personally that Ahriman is incarnating through AI, through artificial intelligence. So Ahriman is the demon of materialism. It's the density demon. It's the demon that goes into the minds of our consciousness and tells us there's no such thing as God. There's no such thing as creationism. We are just flesh and bone. All It's all physics. It's a simulation. It's Yeah, it's a simulation. It's science. Yep. It's bones. It's, it's calcification. It, the, yeah, there's no spiritual meaning behind anything. There's no morphogenic field. There's no quantum entanglement. It's only what you can weigh and what you can see. It's planting a flag in outer space on something and calling it yours. That's an aramonic energy government, the things they put in people's bodies. I won't say it out loud. 
the medical system. That's all aramonic. Social security, aramonic. Tax ID, aramonic. Immunization calendar, aramonic. All of these things that are setting up statistical systems within you. That's aramonic energy. On the other side of Araman is Lucifer, the Luciferic tendency. So Lucifer is not a red slithering demon. Lucifer is the beauty, is the bear of light, is the ego, is the I am the savior, right? I am I am the holy one and I'm reaching divine connection to source. Follow me for your salvation. Wouldn't that be Christ? I'll explain. Okay. Because I'm getting scared here. Yeah, yeah. Lucifer blinds you by the beauty and blinds you by the light and completely strips your logic away. It's completely irrational. Araman is only rational. Christ is right in between. Christ is the center point of both a Luciferic embodiment and an Aramonic embodiment. It's divinity within the Trinity. It's Zach Bush. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Zach has that. Zach was actually at my house last week, and we portaled in so hard. Oh, my God. That was a ceremony. Those Christ codes are... Full on. Full on. And Zach embodies a Christ conscious in that sense where he he grew up allopathic, aramonic, and he hit such a level of density. It was so dense. He was living in a freaking brick building and... There was cadavers everywhere, pieces of cancer tumors everywhere, and the electromagnetic smog, and he's just like cancer drugs and chemotherapy. Finally, he couldn't materialize in the material anymore, and boom, shot into the etheric, and then found his way back into the middle to have a divine platform and to create progress. And that's Christ conscious. And so we are in the aramonic deception right now. We've never hit this level of materialism. Science has actually become the new religion. Yeah. We have turned science, which is supposed to be observational. It's supposed to be testable. You're supposed to bring forth the scientific method, which is testing, testing, getting a result, testing, testing, getting a result, testing your results, testing your results. You never stop testing. That's what science is all about. How do we get closer and closer to our postulations or our theories without testing it? Science now doesn't know testing. It's all theory. And they tell you to shut up about it. You know, if you're not this PhD with lab coats and you're behind the scenes and you're doctoring everything. And so we are, because of this aramonic impulse, which Steiner predicted, we're now being led astray without our connection to spirit. And if you don't have a connection to your spirit and you don't see the divine plan, what do you care about? You're here to have entertainment. You're here to have pleasure. You're here to build material things and become a materialist. And so we've become such zealots of materialism that most people are in a complete state of hypnosis about trying to chase the money, trying to chase the fame, trying to chase all that stuff, that all the things that actually matter have completely ran us over and we don't even know they exist anymore. And when someone like Zach comes and tells me that 97% of our topsoil has been destroyed, and that means 3% is left in this realm, that's a problem. Just randomly pick someone on the street and ask them anything about any of these things. No one has any clue because the aramonic impulse is so strong. So Steiner says we'll have 20 years. 
So from 2020 to 2040, and this is all Gregorian calendar, I don't believe in this calendar, but we'll just say that. If we don't snap out of this impulse and release the indoctrination and the hook of this shiny object of materialism, we will enter a new phase of reality, a dystopic world called the Eighth Sphere. And you've seen a lot of movies over the last 20, 30, 50 years currently that are starting to make these apocalyptic movies where they show a post-apocalypse world. People are underground. They're fending for themselves. People have turned into cannibals. We're part machine. Everything's automated. Have you seen the cartoon Wally? Oh, yeah. I've seen it with the people that are like super fat and they're like not watching TV. And like yeah. they're on little motors, they're scooters. on little, they're like little hovercrafts. Yeah. yeah, they got their straw attached to their mouth. Yep, it's like a, it's a constant recycling of like fast food. Yep, and their faces are planted into some TV, a screen. A screen. It, very interesting. That movie was designed and created. That that they totally got what where yeah. we're heading. That's real. Yeah, that's a real thing, and that generation has had kids, and that generation has had kids. We're there. We're now like probably third three. Three generations in of this this kind of mix-up of losing or forgetting what we've forgotten. And so now it's like, okay, we're entering a whole new level of thinking and consciousness. And so if we don't snap out of that, we're heading that direction. This is why we're having this conversation, is to inspire someone to get out of this amnesia and remember that they're part of the solution to a happier, healthier world that's not going down this rabbit hole of just absolute devastation. And that's part of my karma here. I've seen it in visions. I've seen it in the medicine. I've seen it as far as like just looking in the mirror. I'm here for it all. I'm here to have the best time ever. I'm here to enjoy and experience and have all the pleasures of life. But at my core ethos and what drives me every day is this message. We can get into every aspect of health and all the other cool stuff, but this right here is what sets my world on fire because I feel the Christ within me. I feel that resurrection energy within me and it's so pure in its in its essence and it's really why I put myself through what I put myself through. I don't have to be doing any of this. I could just be chilling. Yeah, on the island right now. I'm just getting ready to maybe relax and have kids and have fun and go to this festival and go meet these people and just, but no, I'm here spreading this message and continuing to research these topics and learn more about these topics to pave the way for another generation that I can hand the torch off to. And that's the greatest thing I can do in this life. And that's part of my design of being a investigator, anarchist, and a martyr or really fulfilling into that frequency and so that's why i'm stoked to be here with you and have this conversation and have the feminine offer their vibration to this because ultimately we have to have our polarities you know some parasite in the system is trying to diffuse that i'm keen on watching that i've been watching that for a long time and I've been seeing this happen for a while and we're right now at the highest level of it. We have to have our polarities as a species. It's the same thing with our body. If your pH is not 
if you don't have acidity and alkalinity in your cells, then your heart's going to stop. Just think about how crazy that is. The charge. Think about the charge of the cells. That's right. There's no voltage at yeah. that point. That's why we ground to the earth. That's why we have minerals and that's why we're filled with, we want ions in our body and we want r real food in our bodies to create a healthy charge we need that in our collective as well yeah. we cannot just turn into this one species of zombies that's taking us down the path we do not want to go I guess to go and this is funny because at the beginning I was thinking of you today and I'm like oh I'd love to talk about like something that really scares you about this time and I think that's definitely it that harmonic impulse and that harmonic energy what is something that makes you really hopeful for this moment in history? Just the beautiful people out there that are fed up and are not acting like victims. That right there is massive. I think what's happened over the last several years with the whole COVID situation, that's really draw the line in the sand and really said it's time for us to step into our power. Nobody's coming to save us. It's on us to embody and become the doctor and become the teacher and become the scientist and become all that stuff. Like we don't have to neglect our own intuition and our own powers because we've been told we don't deserve to have those. No, forget that. And that is what I'm inspired by. Seeing so many people wanting to learn more just on my media itself, the amount of people that are, so stoked to be on this journey with the message it's just it's incredible and i'm meeting people from all walks of life i don't care who they are the most famous actor in the world the most famous athlete in the world to the person that lives across the street or whatever the local librarian everybody is starting to feel the charge and they're starting to feel like maybe we're at the 11th hour i'm not one of those like prepper types okay we gotta prep this yeah. whole thing that's that someone's gonna pull the plug like terminator 2 skynet's gonna attack this stuff's unfolding our system is imploding from within every sector is on its last leg it's sputtering a little bit we got to be ready for it and we got to spiritually be ready for yeah. it this is they say it's a spiritual war sure there is a spiritual war going on but it really begins with this the war within you and so Everyone who's listening to this, it's a matter of you just practicing your self-love and demanding to yourself that you matter. You matter to be able to put yourself in a position where you're going to be drinking clean water, where you're not going to be bathing in municipal water, where you might be able to get off some of the pharmaceutical drugs that you've been on because it's time to go deeper and deeper and deeper. It's time to mend relationships and move on from relationships. It's time to take accountability and maybe you're the problem. You know what I mean? That's another thing. We're always like focused on remove the people that are around you that are suck I mean. blood sucking you. But what about you? We got to look at ourselves too and see how we play the role of that equation. And just so much. So I I'm inspired for the amount of people, at least in my influence, that are stepping up and stepping up in their truth and doing it in an authentic way and not in a spiritual yeah. bypass or spiritual ego type shit. Yeah. What about you? What are you optimistic for? Thanks for asking. What am I optimistic for? I know that you just moved on from a, a tough situation and you're now stepping into a level of sovereignty and clarity because there's more space within you to yeah. be able to, to see and feel and allow yourself to go into. 
right? So there's a probably a level of empowerment there. Lots of empowerment. Yeah, that's what's interesting is now I've been so focused on myself that it's like I have so much hope for the God that I know has been the hand in my life and the God that I know that has been in control of my life and the God that I know as the one creator that is doing and watching this all with purpose in a non-religious way. I just have a lot of faith. I've had so much faith in my path and I've had so much clarity of my path that I just have hope for the rest of humanity. And I just kind of can't get too much caught into the rest because it takes me down a little bit too much. Mm. So I have to stay just kind of in my realm of focus and focus on me waking up for the dream as much as possible. Yeah, I like that. I think it's because it's hard to think about what's positive, but I, I guess I see within my community lots of people actually truly waking up in a really beautiful way. And I think 2020 brought so much clarity for a lot of people that didn't want to see and that even from that point where maybe they didn't see at the time, but now we're starting to see the truth of everything. But now I'm really looking forward to people instead of making their life the desire to be like a YouTuber, or content creator, podcaster, to actually be like, I want to change the school systems. I want to change. Real substantial work. No, literally. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally. like, please, God, don't tell me you want to be a coach. Yeah. Please literally like do something. Work on like clean water. Yeah. And I'm saying this as someone that does this, but it's just that's my deepest desire is for people to have like jobs that are actually in the work of that rather than like just being because this was our this is my dharma, damn it. No, I, I appreciate that. That reminds me of like Wall Street. Uh-huh. Like Wall Street, it's not really making money. Mm-hmm. Or it's not really they're not really making anything. It's spec. And it's just transferring of this and banking on this. And well, when you think about the fucking that the market is like just energy. It's just, yeah, it's totally it's, energy. Do we have faith in this or not? Yeah. Do we think this is going to go a certain way or not? That's insane. It's so crazy. It's all hype. All hype. And that's why it, it can immediately just drop out because mm-hmm. it wasn't built on a rooted system. Yeah. That's a problem. Our entire structure, everything from our water systems to our food systems, they need to be dismantled yeah. and recreated. And so That's the anarchist. That, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, say more, anarchist. That's a great reset has to happen, and that's going to come from blazing fire. 100%. Right, that's the phoenix and all these different organisms. Well, one last thing is something that just was I was thinking about was this whole thing where the community is always talking about people's shadows. Yeah. Like their shadow, this and that. It was interesting that a lot of the perceived shadows are actually just a default to what we think the mainstream thinks is right or wrong. Yeah, say more. Okay, so like your shadow is that you have more than one girlfriend. Yeah. Right? That you can have, be intimate, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But like where the hell... Did the rule of law yep. come from? It's all based on this Christianity, mostly because that's so insidious to our Western culture. Totally, there's a really good book called Dominion, and it talks about the influence of Christianity on our culture. And one of the examples it gives in it, which I really love, was like when Bill Clinton had the Monica Lewinsky scandal. But it's so funny because if you go across the world, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, the most powerful man in the world is going to have more than one lover." more than one woman, more than one partner. He's going to be unfaithful. But in our culture, that was like the worst thing that could ever. And unfaithful. 
fool. Yeah. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, so true. Right? But if what if that person is in, and we're just using this as an example, yeah. because it's the first thing that popped up, but what if that person was living in the, their embodied truth? Exactly. And they felt like what they were in knew? shadow. Yeah. And they felt like they were in shadow because just because that's what the system breeded yes. us to be. Yeah. But here we're over here saying the system's bullshit, the system's fake, but we're still embodying that. Wow. We're still feeding it by saying that there's the shadow part of it. That's right. That's so true. So it's something to think about in all other like sectors and ideas and concepts of shadow is like who's to say this is a shadow or not yeah or are we just giving ourselves the way to the system by admitting that or agreeing with that or playing our part in it it also feeds the ego to be like this is my shadow because most of the time people you can't actually see your shadow and you actually don't know what's in your shadow that's the point of a shadow but when you're like oh i have an abandonment wound it's yeah that's a part of you that's not actually like a part of your shadow and for most people What's actually in their shadow is something that is so shameful and so disgusting and so repulsive that they wouldn't know or know to say it. Yeah. And so it's the way just that their behavior comes out. Through yes. It. The way that yeah. we are with shadow work and shadow stuff is just so they're like, it's in my shadow that I'm, you know, I like this. Yeah, or exactly. I've, yeah. I have a tendency to attract this or yes. whatever. It's definitely deeper, but. I love where this conversation went. I think this was useful. I hope anyone listening to this just knows that you and I were just ripping it up here. We were ripping it. Yeah, we had no idea where we were going with any of these things. It just came out organically, and yeah. I'm stoked to be here. Love y'all. Big love to you. Love Thanks ya. for being here. This was such a good one. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. See you on the flip side. Bye. Thank you so much, Shervine. That is Shervine from Symbiotica. You can listen to the first episode we had to Shervine. Just search Shervine Almost 30 and you will find it. It was a really, really good one. Such a good one. One of my favorites. And then Symbiotica.com. You can use code Almost 30 to get a discount. And if you're new to Almost 30, go to Almost30.com and just explore. We have so many resources for you. We have the Almost 30 membership, which is open now for you to join if you've been Just seeking community and support and accountability and fun. Mm -hmm. The Almost 30 membership is the place. This is where Krista and I really get to be intimate with y'all and just get to the nitty gritty. The goodness. The goodness. We had our LA meetup and it was really beautiful to be with members. So we do free events all over where we can connect with you in community. You can connect with like-hearted people. It's just a really special place. So almost30.com slash membership. Almost 30 podcasts on Instagram and TikTok. Both of those are blowing up, which is amazing. So find extra content there. And then we'll see you on the next one. We appreciate and love you. Bye. Bye.